God, just to be in your presence with your people, God, to feast upon your manner, to be surrounded by your glory, O oh God. I am thankful, God, again, that I have another opportunity, God, to, to open my mouth to give you praise, uh, that I can walk, that I can talk, that I can feel, that I can see, God, uh, because I know without you, God, I am not able to do anything, but in you, I can do all things according to your will and power, God. I thank you for blessing me, God. Thank you, Lord, for this roof over my head. Thank you for the clothes upon my back, the food that you provide. Thank you for health and strength today, O oh God. Thank you for your healing power, O oh God. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us like none other, Lord. You are God, and you are God alone, and I thank you, Jesus, for blessing us, Lord. Words can never express enough thanks, O oh God, to you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord, for your faithfulness towards us. I thank you, Lord God, that I have confidence in your word today, oh God. I'm thankful that I know who you are. I'm thankful that you brought me out of darkness to the marvelous light, oh God. I thank you for wisdom and knowledge and understanding, oh God, and all that you do, Lord. I thank you that you keep your hand upon my family, Lord, that you bless them, that you protect them. I thank you for your hand of protection upon the saints of God today, Lord, around the world. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you do, Lord. We may not understand it, O oh God, but we'll understand it better by and by, Lord. I thank you. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, unto thee, O oh Lord, do I lift up my soul unto thee, O oh Lord. Do I lift up my soul, oh my God, oh my God, I trust in, yes, I trust in thee, let me not be ashamed, let not mine enemies triumph over me, unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my soul unto thee, O Lord? Do I lift up my soul? Oh, my God, oh, my God, I trust in thee. Yes, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph. Over me, well, show me thy way, Lord, teach me thy paths, show me thy way, Lord, teach me thy paths, oh, my God, oh, my God, I trust, yes, I thee, let me not be ashamed, triumph over me, well let none that weigh on thee be ashamed, let none that weigh on thee be ashamed, Oh, my God, I trust in thee. Let 
me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. God, let not mine enemies triumph over me, oh God. Let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Continue to remember not the sins of my youth, oh God. I praise you, Lord. I praise you. You are worthy, God. You're so worthy. You are so worthy, God, for your kindness, Lord. How excellent is your name, O Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. See everybody here for Bible study tonight. It's good to have our kids home for a few days. Amen. Praise God for that. Thank God for the protection. Amen. Well, we want to get everybody's graduating and everything. Miriam, amen. Congratulations. Going into high school next year. Praise God. Amen. So we want to get right into our Bible study. We're talking about a better sacrifice, a better sacrifice. Now, last week we were looking at this thing, and, and as I told you, the book of Hebrews is, you know, it's one of those books that I feel that every saint of God should spend quality time in. Uh, along with the book of Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom. But the book of Hebrews seems to bring out uh, so much better things. And that's the overall theme of the book of Hebrews is better, better. And when you read it, you constantly says better, better, better. So that means when Jesus came, he brought so many things so much better. Now, we have also seen in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 12, Paul writing to the church, and he told us, he says that we Gentiles, we were with what? We were without Christ. We were aliens. We were Star Wars. We were from the outer space here, amen, without commonwealth of Israel and strangers of the covenant of promise, without hope and without God in this world. Amen. We had no hope. We had not God in this world. But when Jesus came, amen, he made everything so much better for us. Amen. Now we have God. Now when we are baptized in his name, now when we are filled with his spirit, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. And so we are not without hope anymore. Amen. We have a better hope. Praise God. We have an anchor of hope, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 6, which is both sure and steadfast and unmovable. Amen. Paul tells the church at Rome in Romans 15, 4, that it's through patience and comfort of the Scriptures that we find hope. Amen. So when we study the Word of God, when we get into the Word of God, we can see all the things that were foreshadowed and which was to come of Jesus Christ has now come. Amen. So we was looking at this better sacrifice, and number one says this sacrifice proved his love for us. A lot of people, uh, when things goes wrong in life or they don't get a reward the way they feel they should get a reward or certain things, uh, things doesn't seem to be pattering out the way they wanted their lives to pattern, they're quick to say, God doesn't love me. 
God doesn't care about me. But that's not a true statement. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, to whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Paul writing to the church at Rome in the fifth chapter, he says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. Amen. We glory in our trials. We glory in the things that comes against us. We don't let it knock us out. We don't let it take the wind out of ourselves. We get into the mindset of worshiping and praising and magnifying God because now we have access. This is why Hebrews 4.16 says we should come boldly to the throne of grace that where we can find help and obtain mercy in the time of need. Amen. We've got access now. So there's no reason for me to walk around with my head hanging down. There's no reason for me to walk around discouraged, dejected. Amen. Because why? I've got access to the kingdom. I've got access to the throne of God. As I sung the song by Mike Perky last week, what are you doing wearing those heavy burdens? Why are you walking around with your head so low? Don't you know that this is the hour for that Holy Ghost power, and I thought you should might want to know that God is still in the miracle working business. God still make devils run. Amen. So you need to realize you got access. Amen. You remember you was without. You was aliens. You didn't have hope. You didn't have God. But because he came, he died for you and I, and so therefore we was engrafted in. I can come boldly. Amen. To the thrones of grace. Remember last week I says prayer stood for what? <laughs> putting readiness at putting righteousness. Excuse, you, excuse me. At your every ready. Putting righteousness at your ever ready. Okay. Amen. So you want to be ready to do what is right all the time. So anytime you start feeling low, do right. Lift up holy hands. Begin to praise God. Purpose in your heart to do what is right. He's giving you a garment of praise, Isaiah 61, 3 says, for the spirit of heaven is that you might be called what? Trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. See, when Jesus came, the Bible tells us that he's the end of the lawful righteousness. Because when I take on Christ, I'm saying, I want to do right. Because he's the God of righteousness. We put on the whole armor of God. We guard our loins with truth, which is the word of God. And we put on what? The breastplate of righteousness. I want to guard my heart. I want to guard my mind to do what is right at all times. So we rejoice in tribulations, or we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations gives us patience. We've got to learn to wait on God. If I read right, I think I've counted over 111 times in Scripture where it says wait on the Lord, or wait on God, or why didn't you wait 
You know, <laughs> we need to get in the habit of patience, not running headlong into everything. Isaiah says he'll work if we let him. Peter says in First Peter five seven, cast all your cares upon the Lord, or He careth for you. As Brother T. F. Tenney says, if you're going to work, then don't ask God to work. Give Him a chance to work on your behalf. Why? Because it will strengthen and build your faith. See, the reason a lot of people don't have faith, they ask God to do something, then they run out and try to do it themselves. And then when it doesn't work, then they get upset. God, it ain't working on my timeline. Well, give Him a chance. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 35-39, Cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. You have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he that will come will come and will not tarry. Now the just has got to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We're not of them that draw back to perdition. We're them that believe to the saving of the soul. So this better sacrifice that Jesus brought, amen, it cleanses us. It took us the sins away. He died for the sins of the whole world. By one sacrifice, he made things so much better. See, and the problem we run into as Christians is we say that we're born again, but we never die. The Bible says by one death, he died, but when he rose, what? He rose to newness of life. When you repent, you're not supposed to have to keep dying. Because you have risen to walk in newness of life. See, we keep just having to die over and over and over and over and over. I don't know too many dead people get upset about stuff. I don't know too many dead people that get mad at people. I don't know too many dead people murmur and complain about things. They do. I don't know them. (laughs) So you've got to realize who you are. You died. Look what Paul says in Romans 6. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, you're not. (laughs) Amen. That so many of us who was baptized into Jesus Christ, we was baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should walk in newness of life. My mindset, my attitude, everything about me now must change. Say, if I'm going to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service, then I've got to adjust my thinking. Yeah, I'm in the flesh, but I'm not in the flesh. I insulate myself from the things of this world. Because why? I'm dead. See? You're dead. But you're alive in Christ. So live as 
new creatures in Christ. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Pastor Parker, he's a new creature. <laughs> I don't think I made any of you new. <laughs> I think I'm like Paul. Thank God I'm baptized. <laughs> if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. See, so my way of thinking now, I've got to realize what this sacrifice did for me. See, I don't want to put his blood under my feet. See, I want to magnify him. I want to elevate him. See, it's not my life anymore. This is what Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He says, no, you're not. That you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own. You were brought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which is Christ. You belong to him now. You're not your own. Everything I do must be in pleasing to him. I want to be accepted of him. I'm dead to the things of this world. I'm dead to the things that would hinder my walk and my representation of him in the earth. This one sacrifice, he redeemed me. Remember, I didn't have hope. I didn't have life. I didn't have God in the world by his sacrifice of his blood. Amen. He redeemed me from the pits and the death and the snares of the enemy. It's kind of like if I had a... I don't know if you've seen the, the script of the woman that just got pardoned for having almost life in prison, but, and President Trump partner for the drug thing. When she got out, what did she do? She came running and screaming. She was happy to be released, to be set free, see, because someone pardoned her. That's remission. Her sins was remitted. Her, her sentence was remitted. She was happy about it. This is what we've got to get in our mindset. God remitted our sins. That's why Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the promise of the Holy Ghost. He wiped the slate clean. So if he wiped my slate clean, he took those sins away, which I had was killing me in the prison and bondage and everything else. And he refreed me. I should be excited. Amen. I should be steadfast and unmovable magnifying, glorifying God at all times in every juncture. I should not give the flesh any opportunity to pull me back. Peter said, Paul says, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yokes of bondage. He set me free. He broke the bonds of misery and pain for me. I'm glory bound my Jesus to see. Glory to God. He set me free. I got to be excited. Amen. To the world, but I'm alive to Christ. See? Be, be excited. One sacrifice. He redeemed me. 
See, that's why Isaiah would, would, would write in Isaiah 35 and some of the others, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Every lasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. He redeemed us by one sacrifice. Amen. He died so that I could live and you could live. Amen. He became that ultimate sacrifice. Amen. You remember when Isaac and Abraham was going up the Mount Moriah and Abraham, Isaac said to Abraham, my father, he says, here is the wood and here's the fire, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham says in Genesis 22, 8, my son, God shall provide himself a lamb. Amen. For the burnt offering. Notice, don't, don't get, look at it, what it says. God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. For the burnt offering. As it says, Dad, where's the lamb? Abraham said, son, God, you know why he said that? Because he'd already turned, slowly said, you stay here, me and the lad, we're going yonder and worship, and we're coming again. Amen. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, he received them as a figure. Amen. Isaac was a figure of Jesus Christ. When that ram was caught in the thicket, amen, he says, Abraham, now I know you trust me. John will later write in John chapter 1 verse 29, when he sees Jesus Christ coming, he says, behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Notice, amen. He is the lamb that takes away the sins of the whole world. That's why your sins were remitted. God paid the price. He took royal blood. He went into the holy place. Amen. To buy our sins for us. The redeemed has come. Everything we talk about him from the beginning to the end, he has fulfilled. It is finished. He's accomplished everything that was going to accomplish. And now when he comes again, what is he coming back for? To take us to be with them for eternal salvation. Amen. That's why the Bible says when he comes again, he's coming for that to have eternal salvation. Because we're going to stand before him and he will judge us. And therefore, we want to be right. Amen. We want to be right because righteousness is the linen of the saints of God. Righteousness. It don't take much to do right. If I say I'm born again, I don't have to die daily. I'm alive. You know, that's probably one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. People say, Paul says, I die daily. That's not what Paul's meaning. I'm dying to sin daily. That's not what he's talking about. In Paul's time, if you read all the commentaries and everything, you will find what Paul is saying is his life was at death every day because they wanted to kill every one of Jesus' apostles and disciples. All the time. So no matter where he went, that's why he was constantly, you know, stoned, sold as under, as you read in the book of Hebrews. See, because he has already died to the flesh and to the things of, of this world and sin. He was committed. That's why he says in Acts 24, amen, none of these things move me. See, 
in Acts 24, I think it's 21, and I, I want to say either 11 or 12, he, he makes the comment, you know, uh, to them, what mean you to weep and cry for me? He says, I'm ready to die for Christ. See, I can't keep dying. I done died once. I'm alive to Christ. Get it in your mind. See, that's why people struggle. You, you keep having to repent over and over and over. See, it shouldn't be that way. You've got to be somewhere committed to do what is right and to walk according to the Word of God because why? You died. Death has no more dominion over you. See, this is what Romans 6 is trying to get you to see. Sin shall not have what? Dominion over you. Who's in control? You, which is supposed to be the spirit, or Satan? Think about all the scriptures you quote. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So why do I struggle? I haven't made up my mind. See, I've got to get it right. This better sacrifice is for everything. He cleaned the slate. I want to walk new. That's why when Paul is constantly writing to the church, he said, look, you can't keep doing the same old things you kept. You did before. You're not the same old person. That's what the whole, after the book of Acts, that's what all the letters are about. Look, you can't keep doing the same wrong things. Don't you know? A little leaven? A little sin's going to make you a sinner. <laughs> and we know sin can't enter there. So we what? We need to get it right. What did the songwriter says? I come to Jesus, weary, worn, and sad. He took my sins away. He took my sins away. And now on him I roll my every care. He took my sins away. See, so I don't allow myself to keep being pulled. I have to be in control. Temperance came with the Spirit for that purpose. That's all temperance is, is self-control. I control me. Isn't it amazing when Jesus says somebody slap you on the one cheek to do what? Turn the other. But we say, oh, no, man, I'm going to crown you with the glory. <laughs> you know? It doesn't make sense, does it? But you're really dead. Practice being dead. <laughs> you know, and see what a difference it'll make. I'm not preaching you. I'm telling you, I had to get this in my mind. You know, because really, I, there's been times I want to be like my bell, touch somebody, you know, but I have to, <laughs> but I have to realize that I'm dead. Sometimes I just sit there with my mouth shut completely. And people say to me, are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing real fine right now. 
because I'm dead. It's probably better for you that I am dead right now, <laughs> you know, because I know, see. But this one sacrifice. So God says that, but the Bible says that Abraham told Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So we get back to Romans 5. We have access unto the grace wherein we stand. We're standing in the grace of God. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation work patience, and patience experience, and experience gives us hope, and hope makes us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Because why? The Holy Ghost is given to us. Think about this. First John 4, 8, God is love. So if I've got God in me, then the love should be radiating out of me. And over me. See? This is why Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 7. He says, God didn't set his love before, because, uh, towards you because you was more in number than any other people. He said, God did it because he loved you. And, you, and God is no respecter of persons. See? So the love of God shows us. That this great sacrifice that he did was how much he really loved. He was willing to sacrifice his very best for you so you could live. What a value. What a price that he paid for you and me. Don't we think we should at least enjoy it and be excited about it? Amen. And serve him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, amen. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet prevention for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended, amen, Romans 5, 8, says that God commended his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He showed his love to us. Amen. He says, here, let me show you what true love really is. You remember that song says, they stretched him high, they hung him wide, he hung his head for me, he died, that's love. We don't sing that song anymore in church. See? You remember all the love songs when you first got saved? Back in the days, you know, 20, 30-something years ago, you come to church service, it was all about God's love. It was all about how much God truly loved us. And, and now, what do we got? Headbanging music. You know, scrobe lights and discotheque and all these things. No. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. If that isn't love, then heaven's a myth. There's no stars in the sky, and the sparrow can't fly. If that isn't love, then heaven's a myth. There's no feeling like this. If that isn't love. Remember that? I was sinking deep in sin, 
far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me. Think about it. When nothing else could help, God, love lifted me. When I was sinking deep in my sin, he died on Calvary. He got me out of that mess. That's why the psalmster says, he set my feet on a rock and established my going. Amen. And that's what God did. He prepared a way. Amen. To get me out of all the muck and the mire and the things that I was in. He set my feet on a solid rock, which is him. And now he established my going. And he says, obey my word. Do what I tell you. And you're going to prosper and have great success because I'm going to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you shall be also so that one sacrifice amen for amen God amen he died for my sins one sacrifice first John 4 8 through 12 he that loveth not nor have not God, for God is love. And this was manifested, the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us, we ought to love one another. Amen. That we might live through Him. He died that we could have eternal Life. Amen. Praise God. He appeared the second time unto eternal salvation. Amen. The first time he came, he came with sorrow and grief. That's why Isaiah 53 is such a beautiful portrait of Jesus Christ. Amen. He's that he show, he show Isaiah 53 shows he's taken as a, a sheep to the a lamb to the slaughter and as a lamb dumb before a shearer. So he opened not his mouth and his humility and judgment is his, his generation taken from him and his, his kingdom is taken away. And who shall declare his generation? Amen. Talking about Jesus Christ. Amen. That spotless lamb. The one that forgives us of our sins, this sacrifice, amen, for our sin. He redeems us. And that one sacrifice brings us unto righteousness. It was a price that he paid. He paid a debt he did not owe. He owed a debt I could not pay, as the song says. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, for Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. Once he died, so that I can live. Amen. He died to sin once. One sacrifice for this sin, he destroyed sin by death. We should have that same mindset. Notice what Paul says, let this mind, Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and, and been found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore Christ has highly exalted him. God has highly exalted him, given him a name that's above every name. But at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow 
and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Aren't you glad for that sacrifice? Praise God. The blood. Amen. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Now, we learned last week that everything has a pattern of things in heaven and things in earth. Amen. And so, when we read Hebrews, we see that the writer talks about the dedication of the temple and the sprinkling of the blood. Amen. Which are patterns. That's why the gospel is the what? Death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We die of our sins through repentance. We are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And God filled us with the Holy Ghost so we walk in newness of life. So when you read the Word of God, as I said last week, everything has to be the application. You're looking for the application. How does this apply to me? Why is this important to me? Say, why did God do this for me? And based on what he did for me, I need to apply that to my life. James says what? Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Because, see, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, in verse 21, he says, Not everyone that say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. See, he says, Many will say in the last days, Lord, Lord, that we not prophesy in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name did many wonderful works. And I will profess to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquities. See? Because we've got to do the word. Because he is the word. <laughs> and it's got to be applied to our lives. See? He gives us instructions. He gives us directions for our lives. See? That's why the children of Israel constantly ran into so much trouble. God would tell them what they needed to do. The prophets would tell them what they needed to do, and they wouldn't do it. See? And then when they had troubles, they wondered why. See? And these things was written for our learning that we may have hope. Amen. He's good for us. Amen. See, so this new birth, it brings us in line with the truth. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 18. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, and I'll read down through uh, verse 22, and then all the way over to chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Start with verse 17. For it is better if the will of God be done so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Which you want to suffer for, bad or good? <laughs> Don't suffer for evil. You know, I am not suffering for evil or wrong. And for those that do wrong, I am not going to do it. That's why Peter, he goes on in the fourth chapter, he says, Beloved, think not strange concerning fire trials, which is try to use those some strange things. He, he, he goes on, okay? 
So it's better if we suffer for God than wrong. Amen. For Christ also have once suffered for sin. The just for the unjust, which was us, that he might bring us where? To God. He died. See, this is why when you look at Hebrews uh, chapter, I think it's 9 verse 10, he says, he talks about the the right reformation. You remember that scripture? Uh, uh, stay where you are right there. I'll find it and read it real quick for you. Amen. I think it's chapter 9. Yeah. Verse, chapter 9, verse 9. Which was a figure for the time in present, and which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Talk about those priests of before. Which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinance imposed on them until the time of reformation. In other words, to the time that God got everything right back the way it was supposed to be and corrected things and got it in line. Say, is what he's saying here. So Peter brings us here. He says that, notice, for Christ have also suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. That was the overall place. Remember, we was without God. Remember Ephesians 2? We didn't have God. We was hopeless. So now what did God do? He died to bring us back, to put it back in order. See, we belong to God from the beginning. Creation, all humans, everybody belonged to God from the beginning, but we was aliens. We went astray. Everybody went astray, doing their own things, running headlong, the Bible talks about, the death and destruction. But the plan of salvation was to bring us back to God because God knows there's an end coming and we're all going to stand before him. Amen. And this is what Jesus is trying to get us to see. If I don't know you, guess what your eternity is? Hell and damnation forever. It's hot there. <laughs> As the rich man says, Father Abraham, send Lazarus. Let him dip his finger in water and touch my tongue. For I'm parching. I'm burning in here. And God has made a way for me that he can bring me to Christ. I was without hope. I was without God. If nothing else, that should make me excited to know that there's a way for me. Amen. That I can have, be with God forever and ever and ever. Praise God. Glory. Amen. And just for that, the prayers being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. This is what Paul would start out with Ephesians 2 1. And you who was dead in your trespasses and sins have he quickened together with him. By grace are you saved. You didn't pay any money for this. You don't have enough money for this. It's free. See, his love shows how much he really cared, how much he really wants to be with you and I, how really much he wants to show his, how, how he loves us. 
Oh, how he loves you and me, the song said. He gave his life. What more could he do? Oh, how he loved me. Oh, how he loved you and me. We need to get back to those love songs. Praise God. And Paul goes, Peter goes on. He's quickened us by his spirit. That's why it's a promise. The Holy Ghost was a promise. Amen. I will put my spirit in you. I will put my word in you so that everyone will know me from the oldest to the youngest. Mom and dad, boys and girls, sons and daughters. We all, when we're baptized in his name, we become his sons. He, that's was the purpose. That's why Peter says on the day of Pentecost, for the promise is to you, to your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Jordan, that same Holy Ghost that God gave you years ago, when you get married and give your grandpa some kids, they're going to be for them too. Amen. Praise God. I just can't wait when my grandkids... Now I hear my grandkids has got the Holy Ghost. And I, now I can't wait till I hear that my great-grandkids has got the Holy Ghost. If the Lord tarries, I'm going, I plan to see it. Oh, beautiful. He did it for you and he did it for me. Amen. By, verse 19. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes was disobedient, which once in the long suffering of God, waited in the door days of Noah. Amen. 500 years old was Noah when God called him to build the ark. And God sat back and he waited. And then some of the writers say that Noah preached righteousness. And when Noah entered the ark, the writer of Scripture says he was 600 years old. So 100 years, Noah was building the ark, giving take. And God shut the door. They had an opportunity. 100 years, and you know how many people went in? Eight. Notice, he goes on here to say, amen. There was disobedient, long-suffering. God waited in the days of Noah while the ark wasn't preparing, when few that is, eight souls were saved by water. The light figure, I like when he says these figure things, you know. He said, the light figure, way unto even baptism, doth now also save us, not to put in the way of the fifth of the flesh, but by the answer of a good conscience towards God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authority and power being made subject unto him. Chapter 4, verse 1. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, here it comes. Arm yourselves likewise in the same mind. For he that have suffered in the flesh is ceased from sin. Arm yourself. In other words, let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus Christ. Notice, amen, he suffered once. For us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise in the same mind. For he that have suffered in the flesh is ceased from sin. Get control of your flesh. You're dead. <laughs> you should be new creatures in Christ Jesus. 
I got a new body. I got a robe. You got a robe. All God's children got robes. Hallelujah. I got shoes. You got shoes. Gospel shoes on my feet. Hallelujah. See, we're new creatures. Old things are gone. What are you getting mad at me for? You're dead. <laughs> you ain't supposed to get mad at me. You're dead. <laughs> You're not going to be supposed to get upset. You're dead. <laughs> That's why the scripture says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend if you're dead. <laughs> Come on. Think about it. You're dead. That's the, that's the, if you put that in your mind, you won't worry about the flesh. You're dead. You just focus on God. Worship him. Serve him. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That stuff, pretty soon it'll fade away. What does song say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Right? Okay. So you're going to get it together, right? Amen. Verse 2. That he no longer should live at the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men but to the will of God. See, when you repented, when you got baptized, now you said, hey, the rest of my life on this earth is for Jesus. It ain't for the world. You know, I'm in the world, but, but I'm, as my pastor told me when I was a young convert, we insulate ourselves. Amen. We put this Holy Ghost and this word of truth around us and protect us from this outside world. I'm in it. But I'm not of it. Say, I'm not going to let it control me. You know, it's kind of like the Lord told Cain. He says, sin should not have dominion over you. You're supposed to have dominion over it. you got the power. You're greater than it is. Well, you think all the scripture says, resist the devil and he'll flee. You keep taking him in, he's going to bring his suitcase. He's going to move in. Hello? You want ants in your house? Leave food laying all over the floor. You want roaches? Put junk all over. Don't clean your house. What's going to happen? That's what's coming in. Fifth in, fifth in. <laughs> dirt in, dirt in. Come on. See, if you clean up, guess what? Things leave. If a man is an alcoholic and a smoking, he quit. Guess what? He cleans up, don't he? It's gone. It goes away. See? But if you keep doing it, what's going to happen? It's going to still be there. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. Hello? <laughs> Don't take a rocket scientist to figure this stuff out. You have the tools to show you how to be what he wants us to be. One sacrifice. He says, I'm going to die. I'm going to put my blood on the mercy seat for them so that their sins can be forgiven because I want them to live and serve me. That we should no longer the rest of our lives. We shouldn't be serving the flesh. Man, I'm supposed to be dedicated and committed to the things of God. He's the one that died for me. 
So why am I going to serve the devil that's trying to take me somewhere that I don't want to go? I want to reign with him. I want to go through the streets of gold and the gates of pearls. I want to have the attitude of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want to look for that city whose have foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. I've read too many good things about what he's got for me. And God forbid that I miss it. I don't want to miss it. I want to see him. Oh, Paul says, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformable unto death, that by any means I might obtain to that which I am also apprehended of. I'm pressing towards the mark for the prize. So the rest of my life, I want to live what? For the will of God. What does Romans 12 says? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Pray without ceasing. That's the will of God. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's the will of God. See? It's in here. Look! It's in here, right in the Word of God. Brother, the move ever since I came into church in Okinawa, you guys were singing that in the choir. I never forgot it. Amen. When I first got to Okinawa, they had, they had a, we had a little choir in the church there. And they was in part, him and sister to move, and, and them, they were just singing this song. Look, it's in there, right in the Word of God. Look, it's in there, right in the Word of God. I thought, man, I've never heard this song before. You know, and I find myself walking around singing that now. Look, it's in there, right in the Word of God. I was talking to some folks the other day, and I says, you know, we was talking, and I says, I can't believe I could have been a millionaire if I'd have saw Second Chronicles 7, 4, where the prayer of Jabez. <laughs> it was right there. Bruce Wickerson gets millions of dollars, write a little small book, the prayer of Jabez, man. And I read my Bible all this time and read right across it. And Jabez prays and says, expand my borders, enlarge my tent. And God heard him. God, you know, I could have wrote the book, you know, been a millionaire, you know, just like that. It's in here. Your answer is here. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Look, it's in there. Peter says, so I want to live the rest of my life. Paul says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He said, the light afflictions, which is working in you only for a moment, they are working a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. Praise God. Paul says in that same chapter in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not despaired. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Christ might be manifested in us. We're His. He paid that price. He redeemed us. And Peter says that we should live the rest of our life 
for the verse three, for the time past of our life may suffer us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walk in the lasciviousness and lust and excessive wine and reveling and banqueting and abominable adulterers, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riding, speaking evil of you, who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that were dead that they might be judged according to men of the flesh, but live according to the God and the Spirit. Amen. I want to live for him. One sacrifice. Think about it. Just one sacrifice did all that for you and me. Wow. That's what Paul says. I have not seen. 1 Corinthians 2. He says, I have not seen and ear have not heard the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But what? He's revealed it to us by spirit. See, I'm supposed to know this. Hey, that's why he gave me the Holy Ghost to know him, to know what he has for me. Say, I can understand that people in the world don't know. But if I'm born again, I am supposed to know. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. Look, it's in there. Amen. See, so the gospel is designed to bring us into a line in fellowship with him. Just one sacrifice. Wow. So much came with that. So much, so much came with that one sacrifice for your and my sins. Wow. That's love. That's just absolutely so much love that God has shown us. Amen. By that Calvary cross. Amen. We don't understand it all now, but I guarantee you, as the songwriter says, trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the way that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. But he got us with his eye and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by, my Lord. Seeing by and by, well, when the morning come, when all the saints of God gathered home, we will tell the story how we overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by, my Lord. We are often tossed and driven by the restless sea of time. <laughs> we are often destitute of the thing that life the man wants of food and wants of shelter, thirsty hills and barren land. We are trusting in the Lord and according to his word, we will understand it better by and by, my Lord. Singing by and by, well, when the morning come, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. God, we praise you again tonight. 
Oh, God, you know all things, Lord. We are thankful, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you continue to keep your hands upon those that are not here, those that are sick in body, O oh God, those that are suffering, O oh God, tonight. I pray for your will, O oh God, and your perfect will to be done in every life, O oh God. Let your healing virtue flow, O oh God. Strengthen, O oh God. Deliver. Make ways where there seems to be no way, God. You know the things that your people have need of, Lord. Touch, Lord, I pray in every place, God. We love you. We thank you, God. We're asking you to bless Brother Smelsa's service this weekend, God. Bless him and his saints, oh God, in every place, Lord. I pray, God, for our nation. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Amen. But with North Korea and America, God, bless it, oh God. Open that door, Lord, for the gospel salvation message for those people, Lord. Bless them. Give wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, oh God. Those in the God of model to God. What a model tonight, God. I pray that you touch them, Lord. Be with our saints there, Lord. Be with the people of that nation in Hawaii tonight, God. Be with them, Lord. Continue to heal and touch those in Colorado, God, who's losing their farms and lives. Oh, God, I pray that you touch them. These children that are missing, God, I pray that you, Lord God, let them be found. Oh, God, keep your hand upon them in every place, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless in every place. Let your perfect will be accomplished, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.